0: Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Five Mastery Podcast, where our focus is on providing tools, resources, and insights that empower driven individuals to secure their own path to financial independence. My name is Peter Donisanum, and today we're going to talk about the basics of estate planning. Now, when it comes down to it, estate planning is often one of the most overlooked parts of a solid financial plan. To be sure, so many well-meaning individuals ignore or put off this critical component because it might seem irrelevant to their current life situation. But you know, the fact is that if you don't take the time to put together a solid estate plan, the government will put one together for you, and probably in a way that you don't like. Either way, whether you're familiar with the concept of estate planning or can't tell the difference between a will and a power of attorney, then today's episode will help you get a better handle on the basics of what's included in a solid estate plan. So with that, let's dive into today's podcast. When you hear estate planning, what comes to mind? Is it massive mansions, complex legal documents, and a colossal inheritance? Well, truth be told, estate planning isn't just for the well-heeled. In fact, it's a must-do for anyone and everyone who wants to keep their hard-earned assets safe, distribute their wealth in an organized way, and take care of their loved ones even when they're not around. So then what does it take to have an effective estate plan? Well, first things first, you'll need to come to terms with the fact that by legal definition, you have an estate no matter what your net worth is. Then you need to identify the assets in your estate and then choose who will inherit certain portions of your wealth. Now, you'll also want to assign trusted individuals to take care of your affairs and settle your estate and at the same time, identify individuals to step in and make decisions on your behalf if you become incapacitated. And after you've created your estate plan, the work doesn't stop there. That's because life changes and an ever-evolving tax code can quickly make your estate plan obsolete. Indeed, keeping your estate plan updated can help ensure that it reflects your wishes and text your loved ones and your assets. You know, when it comes down to it, estate planning is not just an exclusive club for the rich and famous. To be sure, it's a savvy move for anyone who wants to safeguard their financial future and leave a mark no matter how big or small your estate is. All right, so before we dive into the overall estate planning process, let's take a step back and talk about what exactly an estate is. So what is an estate? Well, the term estate often refers to the total net worth of your possessions. This includes all of your assets, your properties, and liabilities upon your death. It encompasses everything you own, or have an ownership interest in such as real estate your bank accounts your investments your personal belongings and money that you owe to others so then when considering the term estate it's understandable why so many individuals associated with ultra high net worth individuals but to be sure resources related to estate planning frequently revolve around strategies to minimize taxes protect assets and ensure a smooth transition of wealth from one generation to the next now this exclusive perspective is compounded by the fact that the media and popular culture tend to depict estates in the context of the affluent showcasing opulent properties complex wills and disputes over large inheritances and these portrayals reinforce the idea that estates primarily pertain to the ultra wealthy even so it's crucial to note that estates are relevant to individuals at all income levels including yourself indeed regardless of your net worth estate planning plays a vital role in ensuring the organized distribution of assets, appointing guardians for dependents, and expressing your desired wishes regarding end-of-life decisions. Indeed, estate planning involves the legal processes and documentation necessary to manage, settle, and transfer assets and obligations in your estate. Now, here's the kicker that well-intentioned individuals tend to miss out on, and that's that your estate can either be settled according to your expressed wishes as defined by your will, or if you don't have a will, the government will sell your estate according to state law. And so, the process for settling your estate is called probate. And probate is this legal process that validates a deceased person's will and oversees the administration of their estate. Now, when a person dies with a valid will, their estate will generally still go through the probate process to ensure its authenticity and to appoint an executor or personal representative who will be responsible for managing the estate. What's more, during the probate process, the court supervises the settlement of debts, payments of taxes, and distribution of assets as outlined in the will. And so, what happens if you don't have a will? Well, this is what's called intestacy. Now, intestacy refers to a situation where a person dies without leaving a will or other legally recognized estate planning document. And when this happens, the distribution of the deceased person's assets is determined by the laws of intestacy in the state where they reside. Now, it's essential to note here that these laws typically provide a predetermined order of inheritance, which specify how the assets will be distributed among the surviving family members. So then if you have an estate plan in place, your final wishes will be observed according to the reading of your will and validated by a probate court. Now, if you die intestate or without a will, the court will decide how your assets will be divided according to state law. All right, so we've discussed what an estate is and how the settlement of your estate works. The next step here in the process is to determine what you need to specifically call out in your will and what can be dealt with outside of the court system itself. We call this distinction probate and non probate assets. Now, probate assets are those assets that are owned solely by you at the time of your death and don't have a designated beneficiary. These assets include real estate, bank accounts titled in your name alone, individual brokerage accounts, cars, boats, personal belongings, and business interests. Now, when you pass away, these assets likely will go through court proceedings where either a reading of your last will and testament or a judge's decision will determine what happens next with your assets. For example, let's say you're unmarried and own a home solely in your name. Now, unless you've titled your home differently, upon your death, your house will become a probate asset and will be subject to the probate process. Here, the same goes for individual bank accounts or vehicles registered only solely in your name. Now, Non-probate assets, on the other hand, are those assets that bypass the probate process altogether. In this case, these assets have either been jointly owned, have a designated beneficiary or are held in a living or revocable trust. And so when you pass, non-probate assets are transferred directly to the named beneficiary or surviving co-owner without any need for court involvement. And how does this work? Well, imagine for a moment that you have a life insurance policy with your spouse as a designated beneficiary. Now, upon your death, the proceeds from the policy will go directly to your spouse without having to go through the probate process. In a similar way, if you have a joint bank account with right of survivorship, the surviving account holder will automatically inherit the account's remaining funds without court intervention. And so by this point you might be asking yourself why does this distinction matter? Well there are a couple of vital reasons you should keep in mind first, it's that probate can be time consuming and expensive given the legal and administrative costs associated with the process. Therefore more of your assets can go directly to your loved ones more quickly if you minimize your probate assets. what's more, the probate process is public record meaning the distribution of your assets become public information and pretty much known to everyone. In contrast, the transfer of non-probate assets remains a private affair and in most cases doesn't become public record. So now how do you specify who gets your assets when you pass? Well, this is the part of the state planning process where preparing a will and defining your beneficiaries comes in. To be sure when deciding on your beneficiaries, you should consider several important factors. For instance, you'll first need to carefully think about who you want to receive your assets. For most people, their beneficiaries will include their spouse or their children or other close family members. With that said, however, you can also leave access to whomever you want, like friends or charitable organizations or anyone else you choose. Now, when you specify beneficiaries, it's essential to use their full legal name to avoid any potential confusion. For example, instead of writing my spouse or my children, use their actual names in legal documents. And if the beneficiary is a minor, like a child, you may want to consider establishing a trust or appointing a custodian to manage the inheritance until the child reaches the age of majority. Now the next thing you want to consider is the type of assets that you're leaving and who you're leaving them to. And why is this important? Well, some assets may have more emotional significance than monetary value and vice versa. That's why we need to consider the needs and the preferences and the circumstances of your beneficiaries. Also keep in mind that certain assets such as life insurance policies or retirement accounts are not typically transferred through a will but through a designated beneficiary form. Again, these are non-probate assets. And so as you go about preparing your will, you'll also want to take some extra time to ensure that the beneficiary designations for these non-probate assets align with your overall estate plan. All right, so with all this talk about what happens with your assets after you pass, one factor that many individuals need to consider is who outside of the courts will honor the wishes of your estate plan. And this is where estate administration comes into play. And that's because the role of the state administrator or the person also known as the executor or personal representative is pivotal in the estate planning process. That's because they're responsible for managing and settling your estate after you die. And they do so, hopefully, according to the stipulations in your will. Now, the estate administration process can be quite complex regardless of the size of your estate. That's why when you're selecting an estate administrator, you should take some time and mindfully consider the process. For example, you'll likely want to appoint someone who's responsible and organized. That's because this rule involves managing assets, paying debts, filing tax returns, and possibly overseeing the sale of property or managing investments. And all this work requires a certain level of financial acumen and administrative competence, so you'll likely want someone to oversee your assets. Who won't get overwhelmed by the work? Next, you should consider a person who you consider to be trustworthy. Now, this is clearly a no-brainer, but with that said, it's still worth noting because even though the courts oversee the probate process, your administrator will have significant control over your estate. So you need to be confident they will act in the best interests of your beneficiaries and will be honest and transparent in their dealings. Finally, you'll need to take into account the potential time commitment and consider an individual who has the capacity to take on that additional time responsibility. Now, depending. Depending on the complexity of your estate, administering it could require a substantial amount of time and effort. That's why it's essential to ensure that the person you choose to be your estate administrator is willing and able to devote the necessary time to the task. And after you've chosen your estate administrator, it's a good idea to discuss the role and responsibilities with this individual to ensure that they're willing and able to take on this duty. And as you're building out your estate plan, it's also worth considering appointing a successor executor in your will in case your first choice is unable to serve or can no longer take on the responsibility. All right, so now that we've discussed individuals who will settle your affairs when you pass, the big question here is what happens to your assets if you're still alive but have become incapacitated? More specifically, imagine here for a moment that you've stepped off the sidewalk, you get hit by a bus, and find yourself in a coma for an extended period of time. Now, in this situation, you'll need to ask yourself who will make decisions regarding your health when you can't do it on your own. Now, if you're engaged but you're not married, your partner may not have as much of a say in your level of care as your next of kin. And when it comes to your finances, how will your mortgage get paid, or who will pay your bills, or otherwise take care of your financial matters if both you and your spouse or your partner become injured and can't make those financial decisions. Now, this is where a financial and healthcare power of attorney come into play and play a critical role in your overall estate plan. For example, one of the primary benefits of having a healthcare power of attorney is that it allows you to nominate a trusted person to make medical decisions on your behalf if you become incapacitated or otherwise unable to make these decisions for yourself. Now, this person is typically referred to as your agent or your proxy. And their decisions can cover a wide range of medical issues from approving routine medical procedures to life sustaining or life ending decisions. And in this case, the power vested in them helps them ensure that your healthcare wishes are fulfilled even if you can't voice them yourself. And now a financial power of attorney, just like a healthcare power of attorney allows someone else to make healthcare decisions on your behalf, allows your financial matters to be handled when you're unable to do so yourself. Here again one of the crucial benefits of having a financial power of attorney is ensuring that your financial affairs continue to be managed efficiently if you become incapacitated. Now, in this situation, your appointed agent will have the authority to perform a broad range of financial tasks, such as paying your bills, managing your investments, filing your taxes, and buying or selling property. And a key question that often comes up with these documents is, if I haven't already passed yet, why do I need a financial power of attorney? Or can't my spouse just call the bank and tell them what's going on? Well, in situations like these, it's essential to note that financial institutions often don't understand the kind of relationship you may have with your spouse, your partner, or your significant other. And so if your name is not on a bank account, more often than not, you'll likely not have access to that account. And that's where the power of attorney comes into play. Now, another role that you want to define within your estate plan is that of guardian, especially if you have minor children or dependents. Now, it's essential to note here that this decision is not about just your assets or your estate. It's about ensuring the welfare of the people you care about the most. Now, in an unfortunate event where both you you and your partner pass away or otherwise become unable to care for your minor children, the person or people you've designated as guardians will assume the responsibility for your children's care. And so if a guardian isn't designated, the court will decide who is best suited to raise your children. And the key takeaway here is that the court's decisions may not align with your personal preferences. That's why naming a guardian as part of your estate plan helps ensure that your children are cared for by someone you trust and who aligns with your values and your parenting philosophies. This approach also provides clear directives which can eliminate potential conflicts or legal battles among family members who might have differing opinions about who should assume the guardianship role. So how exactly do you go about specifying a guardian? Well, in your will, you would include a section specifically for the nomination of a guardian. It's here that you would name a person or people you've chosen to care for your child should you or your spouse or your partner be unable to do so. Now, this person could be a family member, a friend, or anyone else you trust and believe would be suitable for this role. Now, when making your choice, consider the potential guardian's values, parenting style, age, health, and willingness to take on this responsibility. At the same time, you may also want to consider their financial stability and the quality of the relationships they have with your children. And along these same lines, is essential to name an alternate guardian in case your first choice is unable or unwilling to serve as guardian when the time comes all right so what do you do if you already have an estate plan in place, you've already done the work and you've already defined the guardians, you are already defined the powers of attorney and you know what your assets are, your probate assets and non-probate assets are? Well, if you're at this phase, then you likely already understand how crucial it is to protect your assets and ensure that you're doing everything you can to protect your loved ones. And while you may be doing everything right to ensure that your loved ones are protected, the truth is that changing circumstances, not only in your own life, but also in the lives of your designated agents, personal representatives, beneficiaries, and other interested parties could warrant an update to your estate plan. To be sure, one of the primary reasons to revisit your estate plan is that if there's been a change in your personal or family situation. For example, events like marriages, divorces, births or adoptions, the death of a loved one, and even the change in your own health status could necessitate changes in your estate plan. Therefore, it's vital to ensure that your current plan reflects your current circumstances and your desired wishes. So then as you begin your review, you'll likely first want to start with your designated estate administrator, your beneficiary beneficiaries and your guardians. Now, take a moment and evaluate whether these individuals have moved recently or whether their addresses need to be updated in your will or your estate. At the same time, take a moment and ask yourself what your relationship with these individuals is like. Have there been any family conflicts or other changes that may have led to different roles in your estate plan? For example, if you appointed your siblings as guardians of your children, but they've recently moved abroad, you may want to consider another person who's more geographically accessible. Now, another significant aspect of your annual review should include checking your beneficiary designations in your will, as well as in your non-probate assets like life insurance policies, retirement accounts, and other payable on death accounts. You know, as time passes, you may find that your initial designations no longer reflect your current wishes. For example, you may have named a close friend as a beneficiary on your life insurance policy, but if you've since drifted apart, you may want to update this designation. And now, once you've identified the required changes, it's crucial that you seek the help of a competent estate planning attorney. Indeed, while it might seem tempting to make minor changes on your own, it's always best to have an experienced professional guide you through the process. Now, this is especially true when dealing with complex estates or significant changes to your will. That's because an attorney can help you avoid potential legal pitfalls and ensure that your revised estate plan is valid and aligns with your current wishes. Now, as you work with your attorney, don't forget to communicate your changes to your loved ones. To be sure, transparency can prevent surprises and other potential family disputes down the line. For example, if you decided to change the division of your assets among your children, it's a good idea to explain the reasons to them now so there's no misunderstanding in the future and finally after you've updated your estate plan it's crucial to store the documents in a safe easily accessible place and destroy older versions that could lead to any confusion and remember updating your estate plan is not a one-time event indeed you should review these documents on a regular basis especially when significant life changes take place to ensure that it always reflects your current life circumstances and your wishes now taken together estate planning is not just for the wealthy or those with vast fortunes indeed it's a fundamental aspect of financial planning for everyone, regardless of your net worth. Remember, an estate plan involves more than just a will or a trust. It encompasses various decisions, such as identifying all the assets in your estate, including probate and non-probate assets, and then deciding who gets what. What's more, the estate planning process involves bringing together a team of individuals who oversee your affairs not only when you pass, but also when you become incapacitated. And in either situation, this crucial process will also determine who will care for your children without court involvement. And finally, it's crucial to note here that estate planning is not a one-and-done type of event. Indeed, reviewing and updating your assets, beneficiaries, and chosen agents on an annual basis is an essential component of the estate planning process. And by keeping your estate plan up to date, you can ensure that it remains aligned with your wishes and provides maximum protection for not only your assets, but also your loved ones. You know, when it comes down to it, you can't take it all with you. That's why taking the time to establish a solid estate plan is a powerful step towards securing a financial future for your loved ones, leaving a lasting legacy, and helping your family along their own path to financial independence. Well, that's it for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Phi Mastery Podcast. To learn more about our research, visit us at PhiMastery.com or email your questions to questions at franklinmadisonadvisors.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Donisanu wishing you and yours abundant health and prosperity. Phi Mastery Podcast is brought to you by Franklin Madison Advisors, Inc franklin madison advisors is a registered investment advisor firm with its registration and principal place of business in the commonwealth of pennsylvania registration of an investment advisor does not imply a certain level of skills or training this commentary and forecast are limited to the dissemination of general information pertaining to franklin madison advisors investment advisory services and general economic and market conditions and are subject to change without notice the information shared today is not intended to be personal legal investment or tax advice or a solicitation to buy or sell any security or engage in a particular investment strategy For additional information about Franklin Madison Advisors, including fees and services, please contact Franklin Madison Advisors or refer to the Investment Advisor public disclosures.